It's November 16th, 2018. This is Acacia Thompson for the Brooklyn Public Library's Greenpoint Oral History Project for Our Streets, Our Stories. I'm on 46th Avenue in Long Island City with Dewey Thompson, Greenpoint's environmental activist, park open park space and a waterfront space advocate. Hi, Dewey. Hi. So Dewey, how long have you been in Greenpoint and how did you start in your role as activist in the neighborhood? Uh, Catherine, my wife, and I moved to Greenpoint in 1996 from Long Island City. Um, and uh, we, uh, I guess we had been there for a few years. In a, around 1999, uh, my son Elliot would have been eight. We had been playing soccer, and um, the only place, the only organized place to play soccer near us was in Prospect Park, which is a long way away. And I was kind of resenting the um, the drives over to another neighborhood to play soccer with kids when I knew there, there were tons of kids in Greenpoint. So we started playing pickup in McCarran Park, which had terrible fields. The, what is now the soccer field was just a, it wasn't even gravel, it was something worse. It was like the stuff that comes out of um, steel manufacturing, some kind of very sharp, glassy stuff. Anyway. We started the soccer league with a bunch of parents who were also um, playing pickup with us and who wanted to have something organized in that park. Um, and at that point, Greenpoint was, you know, really unrecognizable from what it is now. There were almost no restaurants. I mean, there were literally three, I think, Casanovas. There was, I mean, there were, it's, it's hard to imagine Franklin Avenue and Manhattan Avenue being mainly boarded up and with hardly any stores. Um, so there was very little civic activity going on. There was very little organized sports going on in the park. And um, so the soccer league uh, got us, felt like uh, something that um, was needed in the neighborhood that, uh, but, but also just kind of a natural extension of what we were doing as parents, just kind of trying to find something for our kids to do. Um, and found the like-minded parents in Greenpoint, and um, and that started to grow. And immediately, the issue with the fields became our issue. You know, the fact that they were unplayable by children, and that we were playing in the in the outfields of the baseball diamonds in the center part of McCarran Park, having to fill the holes ourselves with um, dirt that we brought ourselves to the field. Uh, and so we started working with the Parks Department. And I realized that um, two things. One is that the uh, city agency people were much more accessible than I thought they might be. And much more, not, while, they, while it wasn't easy, it wasn't impossible to ask for things and have them kind of try to figure out how to help you. Uh, and that, having had no experience in doing any of that before, that was interesting. And at that point, David Yasky was a city councilman he became a big um, proponent of helping us, and in fact, got the new field built in McCarran, which you know just didn't seem possible. You know that we could get something that big, that that big of a capital improvement to happen just because a bunch of parents wanted this to happen for our kids, and so that really um, turned a light on in terms of like, wow, you can actually you can get things done, and this is a neighborhood in which having been, um, you know, having really not, 
there wasn't much act like I said there wasn't much active civically going on it was kind of like a DIY paradise where you could start to look around and say well we maybe we just don't we don't have to accept the things as they are here we can actually change them uh, and I think that maybe if you're living in Manhattan or you're living in other cities like Los Angeles where my brother lives and you look around and it just everything feels kind of already buttoned up and done and or and taken care of in some way even if things are shitty that they they are it just seems impossible to to get into the way things ha are done and in Greenpoint and Williamsburg it seemed much more open and doable and this and the local electeds also seemed and there there, there was a big turnover with Yasky um, that is a whole another subject but I feel like the local electeds that we got started to be much more responsive to us and so I um, when uh, as the as the soccer league grew and the parks issues you know s spread beyond the just getting soccer fields but what about all the other parks and what about uh, and that 2005 rezoning started to happen I got involved with the Open Space Alliance, which is being started by some friends who are trying to buy property to secure it for parks as they new development was coming into the neighborhood. Um, you know, and then that led to other, th uh, to, to GWAP, which was fighting against this power plant at the end of the street. And so on the one hand, there was fantastic, we were, we were making progress and at the same time, really feeling under siege, um, a feeling that still is very present to me in, in Greenpoint and Williamsburg, under siege by um, development and at that point really nasty uh, environmentally destructive um, proposals for power plants and waste transfer stations and all this crap was being proposed for Greenpoint and Williamsburg still being thought of as a backwater that they could just kind of dump things on. and joining the community um, just one of, of this kind of upsurge of um, activist like okay we're not going to take this anymore we're going to turn this around um, which GWAP was part of fighting that power plant I uh, feel you know felt not just really great because they w I was joining up with really smart um, relentless people like Felice Kirby and uh, Joe Vance and um, the Hoffmans and I uh, but but also um, uh, kind of like there, we had no choice because we were trying to raise families and the stuff that they were proposing were really community killers like a, an 1100 megawatt power plant at the end of your street was going to destroy you um, like you know actually affect your health directly not in some you know in kind of uh, general way that we talk about um, environmental degradation usually this is like you've got to defend the neighborhood you've got to um, start fighting for it and that feeling uh, so I was involved now with a bunch of different groups and and at the same time Catherine and I I had always been in, interested in the water I had this thing with when I was going to film school from here in Long Island City I used to ride my bike over the um, Queensboro Bridge at all hours of the day and night looking down at the East River, you know, threading underneath me and became kind of obsessed with the power of the river. So I wrote my thesis project about a couple that get swept out to sea. They're on a terrible singles excursion in canoes 
and they get swept out past the group and out to sea. And I got a canoe out of the chute. Um, so as uh, somebody said, I, I uh, fell in love with one of the props and uh, started this long um, relationship with boats and the river. And Catherine and I uh, kind of upgraded from the canoe to kayaks. And at that point, we were pushing off of the riprap, off, off of the broken street ends at Huron and India where you know there was just kind of broken concrete and we would put the you know go past the polish fishermen and stuff and and launch from there and i realized that um uh if we didn't get if i didn't get organized having now experienced this if i didn't get organized that we were never going to get a way to get the, to, for community people like me to get on the water and being on the water i realized was something that Catherine and I were experiencing, and my friend Adam Perlmutter, whose basement we were, we started to keep our boats in on Freeman Street. Um, but but the, being on the water was like a completely different uh, experience of New York City. Incredibly powerful and beautiful and exciting, and that's something I really really wanted to share. And so I started having meetings at the um, the Rod and Gun Club which I hope it deserves its own uh, uh, oral history, on uh, Kent, and people came out of the woodwork. Like these initial meetings were um, really amazing because I, I had, you know, we talk a lot about the usual suspects who are at every, every one of these civic meetings. But in this case, in addition to a handful of the usual suspects, there were a ton of people I had never seen before from Greenpoint and Williamsburg. And that was so exciting to me. And they stuck with it. Like the other thing is, you know, when you're doing this stuff, you might see somebody at a meeting. They might come to two meetings, but if they come to four, you know, they're hooked. And then, and so, and so, two things happened, kind of concurrently, as the group started to kind of coalesce into a real organization, the boat club. That is, uh, I got a um, through Christine Holovash, we found out about uh, this little strip of land that Tony Argento from Broadway Stages had been parking trucks on because he had, he had bought the strip of land thinking he was going to buy the warehouse next door and failed to get the warehouse. So he ended up with this tiny kind of otherwise useless strip of land that went down to the Newtown Creek off of Ash Street. And uh, he let us use it, you know, to walk through it and, um, uh, to, you know, to put our boats there. And then, he, and then he said, you know, so uh, what are you guys going to He loved the idea that we were going to launch boats from this thing. And he offered to move his trucks. And then we were like, well, could we possibly use this? You know, you've got a dead storage container at the end of that. Could we use that? He's like, use it. Get, you know, you should use that. You should get some more. And we were like, oh, all right. And that became the kind of inconceivably lucky access to the water that the boat club got very early on through Tony's incredible generosity, uh, you know, no rent and in, and willing to do anything to help us get that together. And Joe Torres, who runs the Box House Hotel, hooked us up with water and power in the, from the building next door. At the same time, Christine and I, who were running GWAP, had heard about this um, Newtown Creek Environmental Fund that had, um, that was a fund that was funded by uh, the DEC had money because they had um, the DEP had been fined ten million dollars for violations 
incurred during the building of the wastewater treatment plant. And so all that money was in a special f grant fund that the DEC set up, and it had to be the Attorney General's office said that it, this money, because of the impact of the wastewater treatment plant, it really should benefit the people who were it, who suffered that impact. And so it had to be a, right around the um, wastewater treatment plant. And Christine and I, I had this idea that we could, what if we put a boathouse that had an environmental um, uh, education aspect to it on the creek and the uh, Greenpoint Manufacturing Design Center, which is this fantastic Civil War hulking building right at the end of Manhattan Avenue, would be a perfect kind of, because I had noticed that their ground floor wasn't being used because it floods at high tides. Uh, so we made this proposal and we won the, it was this long process and there was voting through the community and so on. And we won, we were the number one project, which meant that we would get funded first. And um, so at the same time that the boat, ha the boat club had gotten this access to this property and started doing their programs, and we had gotten a Hudson River grant to start getting our first boats and, and start doing environmental programming, so that environmental stewardship began became a core mission for the boat club, which differentiates us from any other boat club in the city and is really part of our ethos in a way that's really been powerful for us um, uh, as an addition to the kind of recreational aspect of paddling and the sport aspect of paddling. Uh, so we, we had this boathouse funded by a grant that was kind of in the offing all the time and that was uh, that was like eight years ago, and it's gone through many, many things. We could not work out a deal with GMDC um, to be in that building. Thought the whole thing was lost. Tony offered to build it on the site that we were on with him, but it's taken a long time. There's a lot of permitting issues. I think the light is at the end of the tunnel. I think we are going to build this boathouse this year um, or next year, and will give and and then over the course of this time the boat club has become this wildly robust organization with 370 something dues paying members and um a collaborative uh network of other nonprofits like newtown creek alliance and um uh, other environmental groups in the uh, in the uh, community a ton of work with um, school groups because we do a lot of educational programs. Um, we've wa we've gotten a lot of grants to fund all that. It's just it's just fantastic. There's knit there's nautical knitting and there's movies and there's books and there's um, we have environmental talks and we have um, fantastic trips and we have a cabin now at a lake in um, in upstate New York and we it's uh, grown while at this, you know, grown so that, that in this um, wonderful way, it's like this, um, a tree having been grown in a nursery and now ready to be planted in what we hope is going to be a really extraordinary big new facility, 8,000 square feet of, um, you know, world-class boathouse uh, that is going to really change the way, I mean, I think the boat club has already done this to a large, to a, a great degree, but this is really going to change the um, 
the picture of the way Greenpoint and Williamsburg thinks of its relationship to the surrounding waterways. And that was the goal. So that's a really exciting kind of trajectory that we're looking at. Right. Well, tell me about some of the public programming that you do to get people out on the water. So, um, so we have public paddles, free public paddles, um, uh, at least once a month during our season. And uh, those are open to anybody, no experience necessary. We have, uh, we're very, very strict about safety because of the, one, because we launched the Newtown Creek, which is a super fun site. And two, because then we go out often into the East River, which is really a fantastic but very dangerous waterway. So um, we have these uh, certified trip leaders who take public paddlers out. And we've taken out, I, I would guess, over 2,000 people uh, over the course of the time that we've been doing this, um, including children and dogs. And uh, so that's a very uh, exciting and, and big part of what we do. And then the environmental programming also includes a lot of programs that are open to the public and or open to the public through um, you know school groups and universities and so on that we are working with so that's another way that people get involved and we have open houses now funded by the GSEF grant where the boatyard is open and people can come down and hang out and look at the environmental work that we're doing in the boat building and the other things that we're doing on site right tell me about the boat building yeah so one of the other you know uh, one of the, of the many, many lucky things that happened at, when the boat club started was uh, the, a guy named Fung Lim, who had been building boats in our neighborhood for years before this iteration of the boat club started, and who is a master boat builder, um, became one of the core, you know, members, core, core kind of charter members. And he got us thinking about and building boats right from the get-go. And that was another thing that struck a nerve with people. I think it's not just the, um, the craft and the, uh, the chance to do woodworking, but we have the space. You know, we're in this fantastic space where you can do that kind of stuff and you, you can't build a boat in your apartment. Um, so uh, that's been really, um, uh, a, you know, another fun part of what we've been doing. So, uh, and, and what we, he started us, we were rebuilding, um, we st first started on this um, uh, uh, like 1920s rowing gig that he had found uh, that eventually got destroyed in a series of, uh, we, we saved it from Sandy where it had um, swept out from the boatyard and ended up on the top of the rocks at the mouth of the creek. But the next hurricane cr crushed our shed and, and crushed that boat but, uh, beyond repair. Um, but we also build, uh, build and repair canoes, and we've um, uh, built these the, the skiffs that we go out to do the environmental work, and um, we uh, carve paddles and do a bunch of other nautical craft stuff. That's great. And you said the, the new structure will be how big? 8,000 square feet. And will yeah. it be towards, the, towards Ash, or is it going to be closer to the water? It's exactly on the site that we're on now. Oh, it's okay. going to be built That's on, sure. you know, so it goes from Ash Street to the water, mm -hmm. 20 feet wide, 200 and something feet long. Uh, a big, you know, a big structure in which um, we will have, uh, I mean, for the boat club members, it's, 
one of our big challenges is how do we keep the culture that's kind of grown up around this funky open air space that we've had. We have amazing parties with bands playing on the, the tops of the containers. We have a composting program and this fantastic garden that Darren Lippman runs. There's, we, we love this, the open space that we've had, um, but this boathouse gives us the opportunity to own the facility in a way that we ha do not now, and so really secures the future of the boat club, and gives us indoor, you know, gives us plumbing, and uh, and running water and, and heat, and uh, we'll be able to do our what we do now around the um, around the year. Uh, we'll be able to store many many more boats than we can now in the shipping containers. So it's this. It's a big cultural trade-off, and we have to. We're we're really thinking hard about how to preserve the culture that we have. That's very tied into the unique location that we've been in this open air spot, and transplant it into a big building. Right. Right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jerry. Yeah. Great. Thanks.